Welcome to the broadcast at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. We invite you to join us here on this station each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We also invite you to join us in person at 11 a.m. The church is located at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, Georgia. Now join Pastor Les Fuller as he brings God's Word. Matthew chapter number 2, St. Matthew chapter number 2. I'm going to be preaching all month long with exception of next week. So for the next three or four Sundays as we gather together, I'm going to try to be preaching about uh, the verses and the scriptures that go along with the birth of our Savior. It's very important that we as Christians know why that we celebrate Christmas, especially in a world that seemed like is falling away, slipping away from what we would call evangelical Christianity of, of the birth, the virgin birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the events that go with the birth of our Savior. And I've often found great strength and courage. And not only that, the witness of the Holy Spirit in my own personal life, just reading from the scriptures about the birth of our Savior. Today I want to preach with an emphasis on what we would call in chapter number two the visit of the wise men or the magi. These were men that had come from far lands, distant lands away from Jerusalem to do one thing. Well really two things. I'm going to put it to you that way. The first one was, and it's in our scripture if we get time to go to all this we will, but it was to worship they had come a long distance to worship, to worship the Savior, the, the King that had been born. And not only that, they had come to bring gifts unto the Savior. So today we want to go to chapter number 2 and read in, in, these, in these verses. I just don't have time to cover it all. I can tell you already, but you pray for me as we go through these verses today. We'll begin in verse number 1. And let me give you just the highlights of this whole chapter before we read it in case, uh, in case you don't know. This chapter 2 is the only place in the New Testament where that you find the visit of the Magi. And, and it starts with their visit, then it goes with Joseph and Mary's flight into Egypt. Herod's, uh, Herod's work, he was the king in that day, Herod's work to destroy and slaughter the innocent babies in that land and in that region. He was, a, he was a, a man who was unhinged most of his life. And then we see in the latter part of this chapter the return of Joseph and Mary back uh, to their homeland. So that is the gist of chapter number 2. And let me say this before I read. We are so blessed and fortunate to have the book of Matthew. The Holy Spirit has seen fit to let us take a glimpse and a look into the lives of Joseph and Mary and the trials that they endured right up to the birth of our Savior and the days following. And if it were not for this chapter that I'm reading today, we would be in the dark on much of the birth of our Savior and the events that followed in the Savior's life. Now let's look together in verse number 1. The Bible says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. 
Let me say something about these wise men before I get into verse number 2 with a question that they pose. These wise men were men of the East. Now, the Bible does not tell us everything about them, who they were, and exactly where they were from. All we know is that they had traveled from the East. In my mind, I want to go to what we would call modern-day Palestine. Everything that's going on in our world today, there was men of the East that had come from Palestine. Now, I want you to notice something about these, these men. These men were wealthy. These men had knowledge. In other words, they were not dumb people. They had knowledge. And not only that, they were well read in the scriptures of the Old Testament. These three men were knowledgeable men and God had used them to send them now to where uh, Herod's throne was at. And, he, and these men come in uh, unannounced, un, uninvited, and they come in to see and they pose a question <clears throat> to all the people in this, in this region and to Herod in verse number 2 saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews. Now, I want you to put yourself in King Herod's shoes. I'm going to talk about him a little bit, a little bit uh, more into the message, but Herod was not a good man. Herod was a man of uh, cruel tactics, if you'll have it. He had many wives and concubines and was known, Herod was known for his, <clears throat> his, his way of, of murdering people. He was not a good king. He was an unrighteous man trying to sit on, an, on a righteous throne. And I want to say something today to all of you, and I want you to hear me and hear me well. Listen, Herod may have sat on what we would have known in that day as one of the most righteous thrones that a man could sit on, the throne of David. But none of heaven was moved by Herod. But these wise men, uh, wise men rather, had been reading their Bibles. They had been watching the heavens, and all of a sudden there was a star that had shone brighter than any star in the sky. And these wise men saw that star, and they began to piece together with the knowledge that they had from verses like Micah in the Old Testament, chapter 5 and verse number 2. They would read in Jeremiah's prophecy. They would read in Malachi's prophecy, and they would piece the puzzle together, and they, they came into Jerusalem and said, Now, where's he at? What about you today? If you had been alive in this time, would you have wisdom enough in yourself that you would get up and leave your homeland of most likely what we call Palestine and would travel to Jerusalem to answer those questions that was in your mind? You know, the, the greatest worshipers that I've ever been around, and this is what my emphasis is about today, is about worshiping the Savior. But those that have the greatest worship in their life are the ones who have unanswered questions. It's pure to them. They're not moved by what so-and-so says or so-and-so does. Something inside of them has a longing to want to be where those questions can be answered. 
And I want to make you a promise this morning. Every question that you have about the Savior can be answered today by and through not just the Word of God, but through the Holy Spirit. And when we read and we assemble ourselves together, we should want to worship nobody in this church but Jesus Christ. Now let's move on. They said, Where is he that is born, King of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Why would all Jerusalem be troubled? Well, if, if Herod was such a bad man and he was prone to killings and slayings and murders and, and hurting people, don't you know that, that the people of Jerusalem were moved when they heard these words, what's going to happen next? Are we going to live or are we going to die? And that was why I believe the Holy Spirit put that in verse number 3, that all Jerusalem was stirred and troubled with Herod. And the question that was asked, verse number 4, And when he had gathered all the chief priests, the scribes, and the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. So even the wicked Herod took to the word of God to find truth for this event that was taking place. In verse 6, And now Bethlehem and the land of Judah are not the least among the princes of Judah for out of these shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. I want to go to verse number 10. Let's jump down there and we're going to read to verse 12 and then I'm going to try to bring you the little thought that God has given us. And when they saw the star they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. I want you to notice something in this verse, in verse number 11. There seemingly is a voluntary worship among some faiths for the Virgin Mary. But I want you to notice what the Bible says. They saw Mary and his mother and they fell down and who did they worship? They worshipped him, the Savior. We don't worship anybody else. But the Savior, they worshipped Him, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto Him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Isn't that a wonderful scripture to have? The scriptures of the Magi. Wise men from the east is what some people have said. Could you imagine what it would have looked like as these men had traveled from long distances? They were now nomadic. No doubt they had kingdoms of their own. They had places where that people would follow their command. Their words were spoken in such a way where that perhaps hundreds, if not thousands of people would follow the lead of these wise men and their people that were under them. But now they had witnessed something in the heavens that they had never seen before. A star, a star that had lined itself, not just a star that had just come and gone. And like the other night, I was standing out on the porch on a, on a night when you could see the stars. And I looked up into the heavens and there goes through the heavens a star, a falling star. Some people say that it's good luck. Well, if you're superstitious, it might be. 
The truth is the star just burned out and fell across the heavens. And uh, that star had moved, but this star was in a place and it, and it, was, and it was brighter than any other star. And it began to, sh- to shine and give its light. It was almost as if that star was cascading its light down on one particular place. I've often looked up into the heavens and I've thought how little I am and how big God is. I looked up and I saw the vastness of the heavens, of, the, of, of God's greatness, how He flung the stars into their place into the heavens. And surely we serve a great God, but this star was in its place. It never shined before this way. And these wise men, they look, as they were looking up, they began to look to other places for the answers for their questions. Like many of you today, you may come to church with questions in your life. Things that are unanswered that drive you to come to church. And I want to tell you, when I look at my own Christian experience uh, in my journey as a child of God, oftentimes the things that drive me more than anything are unanswered questions. And I don't expect for God to give me all the answers to everything. And I don't expect God to give you answers to everything. But it's in the journey and the joy of just searching sometimes where that we find our greatest act and will to worship God. These wise men had questions. And they went to the only place that they knew, and that was the Word of God. Can I say something about our Bible today? It's a wonderful book. I wrote these things down uh, so that I, I could give them to you more plainly and clearly. But this is a book of history, is it not? We study the history of the nation of Israel. Not only that, we study the history of the world through the pages of God's Word. We see that it's an action book. We learned this in Bible study or Bible college the other night. Uh, it is an, it's an action book. I mean, you think about David and his mighty men hiding in these men of war, uh, fighting the enemies of God. And it's an action book. And not only that, it's a military book, isn't it? It's a, it's a book of military schemes. It's a great love story. You young ladies that want to read your uh, romance and watch Hallmark and all these crazy things on TV, my, my girls went through a spell of that and thank God it's over. They would watch on Hallmark these love stories. And uh, when you think about the book of Ruth, isn't that a good romance of Ruth and Boaz and even Esther and the Song of Solomon and these wonderful places in God's Word. And it's also, uh, it's also a, a mathematical book and uh, it's a living book. Somebody said, well, I'm no good at math. Well, neither am I, but God put a... A whole book in your Bible called the book of what? The book of Numbers. And you can count above ten, you can read the Bible. It's a great book. But these wise men, they go to the Word of God and they begin to put the pieces together and they said, somebody is coming. He's going to be great. He's going to be wise. And I thought these wise men, maybe they looked at their own kingdoms, where that they had come from, and they had seen the downfall of men in their own governments, that they couldn't bring about peace. They had looked at the condition of their people, that some of them were, were poor, and they couldn't get out of their poorness into a way of prosperity without proper leadership. Can I say something to you today that I mean from the bottom of my heart? 
I look back to the 40s and the 50s in this area, we would be just as poor as some places in West Virginia, Mississippi, that today cannot get out of their, par- uh, of their poverty had it not been for one industry that came in here and I'm involved in it, the chicken business. How many of you grew up in a home when uh, you look out back and they're, they're getting far, further and farther away from here, but grew up in a home when you had a, a daddy that would leave the, the, the family farm and there'd be most likely two chicken houses out back and the mother or the wife would be a homemaker and look after those chickens while the daddy went out and worked and then when the daddy come home, at the end of the day, he'd go back and tend to the chickens. I remember the old preachers talking about society back then that people were so poor, but the first chickens came into Lumpkin County and they went from growing corn like this to corn like this. Why? Because of the manure. They were spreading it out. And listen, but but still it did not bring a, a perfect generation of people. These wise men looked at society and they said, somebody has got to come and make a difference in our life. These wise men were on a quest. They saw the star and it moved them and brought questions in their life. And they went to the Holy Scriptures for the knowledge of needing someone to come. I quote this verse often. and I I like to say it in my spare time. But he's wonderful. He's a counselor. He's a mighty God, an everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And I don't care where you go on this planet. I don't care if it's right here in northeast Georgia. I don't care if you go uh, to China. I don't care if you go to North or South Korea, the Philippines. It does not matter. In the heart of every human being, they want one common thing, and that is peace. And men have fought for it. Men have longed for it. These wise men knew that there was something better in life that they had not yet experienced. And they went to the Word of God and they found the answer. And I want to I stand here and tell you, flat-footed church this morning, that I believe that someday in the near future that I'm going to see the wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. Just as these wise men were on their journey, we're on a journey. And I can't wait to see the Son of God in all of His power and all of His glory. And in these verses, this is what we call, in Bible study, this is what we call the first advent. What does that mean? That means this is Christ's first physical, visible coming to the earth. The first advent, we see that the Savior was born of the Virgin Mary. And listen, if we do, and I have to say this because of young minds that are listening this morning, if we do away with a virgin birth, we have no Christianity. If we do away with a with a with not only the biblical fact, the historical fact, and the physical fact of our Savior coming to this world in his first advent through the birth of the virgin birth of Mary, then we have nothing to stand on. We have nothing to hinge the justifications of faith uh, about being saved by grace through faith and not not of works. We have nothing to hang our hat on at the end of the day without the virgin birth. Believe it. Accept it. Receive it. 
Tell it to your children because we're now approaching a time in world history where everything about Christianity is being challenged and they're challenging it not only in churches. There are churches today that say, well, we don't even know if the first five books of the Bible are actually real. We don't even know if Jesus was really born. We know that there's a God in heaven and we'll take monotheism as our only way of proof and belief that there's a God and we'll just go with that. Friend, the Savior wants you to know that He came to this world through the form of a virgin birth. And I don't have time to get into all that today, but we will this month. Their question, let's talk about their question in verse number 2 again. They said, where's He at? Where is He that is born King of the Jews? Now put yourself in Herod's shoes. You're a murderer, a thief, a killer. Doesn't phase you a bit when you have people coming into an arena by thousands gathering. This is what they did in that old Roman culture. They would bring thousands into the arena and there they would turn animals and beasts out on these, these people and they would slay them for fun. History says that Herod would have, have people and he'd put them in jail, just get a bunch of them up in prison in jail people that he had heard hearsay about that might have said something against him, imprisoned them, and when he got so many hundred together, he would bring out his warlike people and they would just have a bloodbath. But when the question is asked to King Herod, where is he, king of the Jews, it must have shook him to his core. But every wise man knows how to fight. And Herod didn't go to great lengths at first to expose his plot. But Herod goes along with these wise men. You know, if you've got an enemy today, somebody that's against you, one of the easiest things that you can do to figure out the truth most of the time is just be quiet and play dumb. I've used it a lot. A lot of times people's tongue can't be still long enough and they'll talk and they'll say something before you know it. You can just about put the pieces of the puzzle together of what's going on. Whether it be family troubles, not that I've got enemies in my family or anything like that, but you know what I'm talking about. Herod heard, where's he, the king of the Jews? Where's he at? And Herod begins to plot and scheme behind, this is the day of our Savior. Brother Zach's been teaching on Wednesday night some about uh, the bloodline of Jesus Christ starting in the Old Testament all the way into the New and, uh, and, and, and every generation. Let me just go back to David. From that generation all the way to the book of St. Luke's uh, Gospel and the book of Matthew and, and Mark and, the, and those three Gospels, uh, we see where, the, where the, they came after the Savior. The devil wanted to destroy the birth of Jesus. Wanted to stop it. But I want to tell the church this morning that there is no power in heaven. There is no power in hell. There is no power on this earth could stop what God had put in order and in place through the birth of Jesus Christ. And I'm so amazed by that. Their questions drove him, or them rather, to Jerusalem. And they said, where is he at? Where is he that is born the king of the Jews? Herod had trouble, Israel had trouble, 
and the known world had trouble in that day. Will you turn with me to Micah chapter number 5 just right quick? If you can't find it, just listen. And Micah, his prophecy about this one event says this, But thou Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me. That is to, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old and from everlasting. And I wonder, did these wise men quote this verse to King Herod? The star was evidence to them and evidence alone that they needed besides the word of God to come and see for themselves. As I said a while ago that these, thri- these, these wise men, we often say three, but uh, I really believe that there was a multitude that came with them, perhaps hundreds. These wise men joined up together in Jerusalem, no doubt, with those questions. They brought gifts to worship. Now, if you're going to worship someone, there has to be evidence in your heart that what you're doing is so real that it moves you to bring the best gifts that you have. I want to say something this morning about your worship and my worship. Oftentimes, we miss... The Mark and Sunday morning service worship. We call it worship service because we're not bringing anything to the service. Think about it. I'm willing to bet that just about three quarters of everybody that came today came with nothing in your hand to bring the Savior. You say, Well, I'm here, Arna. Yeah, I am too. But how much time did you spend preparing in the scriptures just for today? How much time did you spend praying for this service for the benefit of a son or a daughter or a grandchild to be saved? And we act as if God owes us. You don't get that example from these wise men. God don't owe us anything. In fact, if we got what we deserved, we'd be in hell with our back broke. These wise men were men of preparation. How wise are we being with the services that God give us? If you, were, if you were of the Islam faith, you would take a journey, hopefully, one time in your life. They call it the Mecca. That one journey to get to go and pray Of course, we know that faith is a faith of works, and we're not saved by works. I'm not going to get into everything of of all that, but now listen. They would gather and they would pray, these big, huge gatherings of people, and they would chant and recite prayers, and and that that was their lifestyle and who they were, and I'm not saying they were right in any way. These wise men had gifts that they had prepared to present unto the Savior. Now, let me ask you something about your worship. When was the last time you were so moved by God? I asked me one time, I said, Preacher, when do you get ready for Sunday morning service? As soon as I finish preaching that Sunday morning service, I start preparing for the next. 
How about it? Gold, which is an emblem, an emblem or a, a present for a king. And don't you let the devil rob you of this, that the Savior was just as much king when he was born as he was a baby. Gold, frankincense for a priest. Priest. And if Christ is not our high Savior, sacrificing for us, I don't know who he is. Frankincense. And then myrrh, that third gift. They were so convinced that they brought this valuable, valuable, these valuable items and they laid them at this baby's feet. Myrrh being a representation of death for the prophet. No place in Scripture will you find our Savior being represented in one place as prophet, priest, and king as you do right here in these verses that we've read. And I want to talk to you about your worship now. When was the last time you were so moved by the Holy Spirit that you were willing to give what might have been these great men's wealth over this little baby. We're a giving church, are we not? Thank God for that. I thank God for our giving. But I want to talk to you about your giving to the Savior individually. To worship God, to bring a gift to the Savior. What could I give, the little child asked. What could I give to the Savior? I have no money. Aren't you glad the Savior accepts people with nothing? Amen. And all he wants is the gift of our heart. You have listened to Pastor Les Fuller at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. Please join us at 11 a.m. at 5332 Highway 52 East Dahlonega or view our live stream on Facebook. May God bless you for listening. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia. It's 8.30 in